tonight on Inter Sessions. John de Guzman on Saint Scholastica. Ani Gonzalez on Saint Kateri Takawida. And Rebecca Christian on Servant of God's Sister Thea Bowman. The Saints are real. The Saints are here. The Saints can help. This is Intercessions. What's up, everyone? My name is John de Guzman, and I'm a seminarian for the Diocese of Raleigh, North Carolina. I am preparing to enter my seventh year of seminary. And so, for those who don't know, that's my third year of theology at Theological College, the seminary in Washington, D.C. And I wanted to take this opportunity to share with you how I've gotten to know St. Scholastica throughout the years and how much she has impacted my life particularly in my journey towards the priesthood. For those who don't know her, St. Scholastica is the twin sister of St. Benedict. According to St. Gregory's The Dialogues, after supper one evening, St. Scholastica and St. Benedict were having a holy conversation. St. Benedict was getting ready to, t to go back to his monastery, but St. Scholastica basically begged him to stay. He was like, no, I can't really stay because he needs to get back. And so, rather than allowing him to leave, St. Scholastica prayed to the Lord. And the next moments, a thunderstorm happened, and St. Benedict wasn't able to return to his monastery. So St. Scholastica's prayers were answered, and they were able to spend the rest of the night talking about the Lord and just sharing in the love that they had for each other and for God. Now for me, I remember I went to seek in 2017, and I was supposed to leave early because the dates for Seek happened the same weekend as an ordination in my diocese, and I had to return to make it back for that. And I wasn't expecting to really like Seek, so I didn't really have too much of a problem. However, after a couple of days of just being with people who shared the same compassion, love for the Lord at Seek, part of me really did not want to leave. And so a brother seminarian of mine actually suggested that I ask for St. Scholastica's intercession. And so remembering that story of St. Scholastica not wanting St. Benedict to leave, I figured I might as well give it a shot. And so before I went to bed that night, I prayed to St. Scholastica and I said, St. Scholastica, if it be according to the Lord's will and through your intercession, please help me to stay Help me find a way to stay here at Seek so that I can continue listening to what the Lord is trying to tell me through the presenters and just through the brotherhood and the fraternity this past week. And so I woke up the next morning and my next door neighbor, which was one of my brother's seminarians, came up to me and told me, John, our flights have been canceled because of a major snowstorm that was happening in my diocese which prevented us from traveling home until the weekend was over, which was the exact amount of time that was still left to participate in Seek. And I remember being absolutely stunned, thinking, wow, St. Scholastica really came through. And so since that moment, she has been somebody in my life that I have run to for intercession and for help and for prayer. In particular, this past year, she has really helped me because in my ministry, I was the hospital chaplain at a local hospital and I was struggling many times trying to come up with what to say, trying to 
be fully present to the people in that hospital who were going through some difficult and challenging times. And every single time I've asked Saint Scholastica to help me out. And every single time I felt like nothing was good was coming out of our conversation or I felt like I was not really being present to the person, she has come through and helped me realize that the Lord is there with us and that the Lord is the one that will be healing these people. And so since Glastica has just been a source of comfort, a source of strength, and somebody who has constantly reminded me by her prayers and her intercession that the Lord is always at my side, guiding me, leading me towards his most sacred heart. Saint Scholastica, pray for us. Hi, my name is Ani, and today I'm going to be talking about my patroness, Catalí Tecahuita, the Lily of the Mohawks. That's the Mohawk pronunciation of her name. Most people in the United States say Katiri, so that's how I'll be addressing her. Katiri is the first female Native American saint. The first male Native American saint is Juan Diego Cuatlatuatzin, who saw Our Lady of Guadalupe on the hill of Tepeyac. Katiri didn't have any apparitions. Actually, by the standards of her time, she lived a relatively normal life. What wasn't normal was the holiness with which she lived in. Her father had followed traditional indigenous religion, but her mother was a Christian, so Katiri had always been drawn to the faith. When they died of the smallpox, she went to go live with a distant family member. As a teenager, she left the family to join Kanawake, a Christian colony run by the Black Robes, the Jesuits. She was baptized on Easter Sunday when she was 19, and from then on she was single-mindedly devoted to holiness. I met Kateri when I was about six. I would go with my grandmother to her holy hour, and since little kids' minds wander, I had a little illustrated book of the lives of the saints that I would read. It had a lot of lesser-known saints. Aloysius Gonzaga, Tarsisius the Martyr, Stanislaw Koska, but I was always drawn to Kateri, who, at that time, so many years ago, was just a blessed. But here was a saint who looked like me, and who lived a relatively ordinary life. I'm a daughter of Schoenstatt, and one of the most important teachings of our founder, Father Joseph Kentinick, is the concept of everyday sanctity, doing ordinary things in an extraordinary way. Not everybody can be a Joan of Arc or even a Juan Diego take up a sword and receive holy visions. Most of us are just striving for everyday sanctity, holiness in the little things we do in our daily lives. I think Kateri embodied that for me, and as I grew older, she continued to do so. It cost Kateri a lot, socially, to leave her family and everything she'd ever known to become a Christian. I'm a cradle Catholic, so that didn't exactly apply to me but I was in some spaces that were pretty hostile towards Catholics, and I always thought of Kateri, and how she bore all the insults directed at her with good grace. When I got older, and I began to discern religious life, I was always thinking of Kateri's words. Her family had tried to marry her off, which, you know, was normal for the time, but at one point she said, I have deliberated enough. I have consecrated myself entirely to Jesus, son of Mary. I have chosen him for husband, and he alone will take me for wife. 
I am not my own. I have given myself to Jesus. He must be my only love. Kateria lived a simple life, and a hard one, with the familial pressure and persecution, and even all the physical deformities from smallpox. Even though I'm no longer discerning religious life, I like to see myself in Kateri. Just two girls trying our best to live in the world and strive for holiness in our daily lives. I think that's really all you can do in this life. But in Kateri's case, she strove so hard for her everyday sanctity, so hard to be holy and do all that God wanted her to do that just based off of that, based off of her personal holiness and her great love of God, she became a saint. We're very different women in very different times, but every now and then I think of Kateri and I look at Jesus and I remind him that I am entirely his and that he will be my greatest love. My name is Rebecca Christian, and I'm a doula and a writer living in San Diego, California. There have been many saints that have helped me along in my spiritual life over the years, but I share a special kinship with my fellow Black Catholic, servant of God, Sister Thea Bowman. Sister Thea was born in 1937 in Mississippi, and she converted to Catholicism as a child. She joined the Franciscan Sisters of Perpetual Adoration, and as a young Black sister during the Civil Rights Movement, was inspired to teach and to preach about the dignity of Black people, and specifically about the importance of recognizing Black spirituality, an important topic since the church was also grappling with racism and segregation at the time. I actually didn't know much about Sister Thea up until a few years ago. After my grandmother, Charlene, died, I took a number of things from my grandparents' house to remember her by, including her copy of Lead Me, Guide Me, which is the official hymnal for Black Catholics. I was thumbing through it one day, reminiscing on all of my grandma's favorite gospel songs that we used to sing in church, and realized that Sister Thea actually wrote the foreword for the text. She describes Black sacred song as, among other things, life-giving, refreshing, encouraging, consoling, invigorating, and sustaining. And doesn't that describe what we all need, what we all desire from our relationship with Christ and our relationship with our Holy Mother, the Church? In her address to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, Sister Thea said, Jesus told me the church is my home, and Jesus told me heaven is my home, and I have no lasting city. As a Catholic Christian, I have a responsibility to preach and to teach, to worship and to pray. She gave that speech in 1989, and to me, it feels more relevant now more than ever. Right now, our country and our church, and arguably even our world, is going through a major change having a conversation about poverty, disenfranchisement, and racial injustice. Sister Theo loved all aspects of our faith, but especially the evangelical call of the lay faithful. Later on in that same speech, she reminds the bishops that back during the civil rights movement, they used to put the bishops, the priests, and the ministers right in front of the marches. Sisters and lay Catholics marched with members of churches across denominations, and together they faced down the police dogs and the water hoses, witnessing with their very lives. 
Sister Thea reminds me that not only is the church supposed to be in the front, facing down evil, I'm supposed to be in the front too, even though I'm imperfect, and even though at times I might be afraid. She inspires me to really live my faith, to be fully myself, affirmed in my identity and my spirituality that is both Black and Catholic. Servant of God, Sister Thea Bowman, pray for us. Intercessions is a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. To support this podcast and others like it, visit patreon.com slash grexley. To listen to other Grexley podcasts, visit grexley.com.